this is not a military takeover. Stand by for action. Anything can happen in the next hour. It's Friday, it's 11 o'clock, and it's time for the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show with your host, Armish. Creona, welcome to another thrilling instalment of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show here on Rock Radio UK. My name, as the man said during the intro, is Armitage, and you've just heard the Reverend Back Flash and Never Turn Over from their 2018 album, Too Little, Too Late. And they are right, you will never get too old to enjoy electric guitar music. I believe new material is long overdue from the Austrian foursome. Uh, talking of Overdue, only by a week. It's the new 7-inch from Steve Conte in the shape and form of Recovery Doll that you were able to pre-order last Friday, and I hope you did. If you didn't, shame on you and the postage rates to the UK.
right, I better crack on as I have a folder marked great and fabulous full of songs to impart with you. I have considered requesting a two-hour time slot as my peers seem to have that allocated time and it works for them. But you know, as the saying goes, leave them begging for more. Or is it you'll bore the pants of them with your inane ramblings if you have a two-hour show, you know, like now. Plus, the Stingray intro, yeah, we'll be out by an hour. Anyway, Black Sheriff, who hail from Cologne in Germany later this summer or winter for our Southern Hemisphere listeners, will be releasing their fifth album, Time to Burn, via Savage Magic Records. Fortunately, I've had a sneaky listen. And obviously, it is rather good. I say obviously, because if it wasn't, I wouldn't be wasting your time mentioning it or them. Out of the total 13 tracks on offer, I was sort of stumped in which one to play for your consideration. All right, Gizmo is an acoustic guitar instrumental. There might not be a fair representation, and I am reluctant to mention the Super Suckers' perceived influence. However, to these humble ears, they do in places have that particular flavour, and it's a flavour that I like. From Time to Burn, this is one you love. When I first heard it, I thought it was a cover of Cheap Tricks, He's a Whore. I was talking about the Methadone's version of He's a Whore. If I had thought it through, I could have done a compare and contrast, but clearly I didn't, and I can't even blame producer Barn Stacey, as he isn't here this week, and I'm not going to set up his temporary replacement, Newton, his younger and better-looking brother, as that wouldn't be very nice. Oh, thank you, Newton. That is the uh, one digit your brother... uh, normally doesn't show me uh, up next thank you is in the newness front is uh, silver receiver and their latest single i don't know what the kids know which is the first recording to feature cc voltage on bass and vocal duties to be fair of the five tracks the band has released over the last year or so jay millet 
who normally can be found in the black halos, but you knew that already, is the only constant member. Enjoy. Lords of Altamont have released a second track from their up-and-coming new album, Tune In, Turn On, Electrify, that hits the real and virtual record shops on the 9th of July. Strangely enough, Levitation Mind, for that is the song in question, is billed as the first track to be lifted from said album. I cite their record label's YouTube page as the source of this information, whereas, in actual fact, Living With The Squares, that I played on episode 806, so that's only like a month ago, was the first song from the album that we heard. Anyway, whatever is written in the small print, Levitation Mind is a cracking song that obviously I'm going to play you right now.
As I mentioned on last Friday's show, I was stressing about ordering the vinyl US-only release of Terminal Love by the boys. Now, if you missed that show or have forgotten what I said about the aforementioned album, I shall remind you. The album comprises of rare demos and alternate mixes alongside acoustic and live recordings from the period 1978 to 2015, with pre-orders going live at 8pm last Saturday. Last Saturday being the 29th of May, future streaming, downloading and non-live block radio UK listeners. At uh, 7.56, I had multiple windows open on my old coal-fired PC and my laptop that I'm currently still broadcasting this evening's show on. As even though friend of the show, Squirrel Associate Arkwright, finished decorating my new studio over a week ago, and a fine job he did too, with studio table up and sofa installed, the bookcases that I want are currently out of stock, meaning that if I try and record in there, it sounds like I'm in an echo chamber. Anyway, at 7.59, a whole minute early, the pre-order went live, and I immediately clicked on the album cover, and after verifying my PayPal account via text... Wasting valuable seconds, the album was mine. The uh, seven limited edition numbered alternate covers all sold out without minutes. However, I went for the regular Coke bottle clear vinyl edition that I thought was very reasonably priced at only $17.90. Unfortunately, as I hinted last week and at the top of the show, the postage was horrendous, coming in at just over $24. But in pounds, shillings and pence, the 42 Dollars sixty-five cents became thirty-one pounds forty-three pence, and if you think about it, regular vinyl that you can buy over here can be around you know twenty-five pounds. Factoring petrol, parking, or even domestic postage, thirty-one pounds doesn't sound that bad. I guess it's because I like a lot of you remember when vinyl albums were a fiver. From Terminal Love, this is the boys and an early mix of Waiting for the Lady. <laughs>
if you want to hear the original Jim Penfold and the Hollywood Killers version of The Just Heard, Waiting for the Lady, you can on episode 789. Or failing that, the whole of the Punky Blinders 79 EP is on Spotify, but you won't hear the backstory. There are two very good interviews with Duncan Reed and Matt Dangerfield on Adventures in Music with Adrian Goldberg on the shows that aired on the 29th and the 8th of May, respectively on Brum Radio. But it's available for us to revisit on Mixcloud. And if you listen to the one with Matt, you'll hear another new song from Terminal Love. Plus, once again, you'll get to hear the backstory. Check Adrian out. This is one of us. Also, at 8pm last Saturday, I was trying to work out how to get the Michael Munro, Sammy Yaffa and Lindy Lindstrom streaming gig from the 27th that the squirrel had purchased up onto our idiot box. The Amazon Silk browser was called up. The website was located with the squirrel's unique code typed in, only to be told that the ticket had been used. From what I can gather, the IP address has to be the same to watch it again on another device. Well, it was something like that, as the squirrel had tried and failed to watch on a laptop over at a friend's couple of days beforehand. I even tried plugging a phone straight into our idiot box, but to, you know, no avail. Still got the same message. I'm sure there was a proper and correct way to do it, but, you know, we couldn't work it out. Last Sunday, yeah, after we got back from seeing Spike from the Choir Boys at the Cavern in Rains Park, more from him later, I purchased my own ticket for the live stream. So when the squirrel next came round, that would have been on her birthday, we could watch it. Sadly, buffering issues made it difficult viewing. I did, however managed to record the audio. This is the first song from the live stream that just so happens to be from one of my favourite Munro-involved albums. This is Hammersmith Palais by Demolition 23. Hammersmith Valley New York City's boring 
So on Sunday afternoon, I took Mrs. A to see Spike Erstwhile, singer with the Choir Boys, in soloish capacity at the Cameron Rains Park. This was the first time I'd been to a gig since Paradise Alley, the Suicide Notes and the Dead Hombres at the Hope and Anchor as part of Timmy and Deb Dorella's Rockaway Beach Club Night at the end of February last year. Joining Spike was former tour mate and Shark Island bassist Christian Hellman on acoustic guitar, as was Spike himself. Squeeze drummer Simon Hansen apparently joined in the fray for the evening performance. The gig was divided into two halves, with Quiet Boy songs conspicuous by their absence from the first. But to be honest, I didn't really miss them. I guess it was because this was you know, a totally different setting to a full-on Quiet Boys gig. What we did get was songs from Spike's not-so-late-night but more mid-afternoon songbook, along with uh, anecdotal stories about Frank Sinatra, Tyler from Dogs to Ball, with Spike discovering his own mum washing Tyler's back in the bath. Even Jeremy Beadle gets a look in after a very expensive hotel wrecking escapade. A smattering of Choir Boy songs do take up the second set, but Spike plays them how they were originally written with Guy Bailey in their flat overlooking the Oval Cricket Ground. One thing I had forgotten about live gigs is people chatting at various points during the live show. Tickets were 15 quid. It's 15 quid to hear Spike and Chris, not members of the audience, talking about the price of fish. I mean, it's bad enough at a full-on electric gig, but an acoustic one? Come on. To be fair, it wasn't all the way through, but it still pissed me off when it did occur. Being the audio historian that I am, that means in layman's terms, I record the gigs I go to, I'm going to play one of the songs Spike played last Sunday afternoon. It's a cover, which means, are you ready, Newton? It's time for this week's Covers Corner. Didn't get you out there, did I? Uh, This is Spike on his own as Chris had temporarily left him to his own devices. And Ralph Mattel's Streets of London. I'm going to play this one. Because this was my my mum dad's spirit. And uh, we were in... uh, And we're actually in the town that it's about, so...
Spike will be returning to the cavern on the 15th of July where the gig is going to be professionally filmed and recorded, putting my effort to shame. Now, I get a lot of emails from PR companies trying to get my attention, one of which was about the Mona Lisa twins. Actually, I think it was because I was unbeknown to me on their mailing list. Anyway, newsletter 151 began by thanking me for the kind comments and messages they received about their cover of both sides now by Joni Mitchell, which was sent to me in the last newsletter, which I don't remember getting, let alone reading. Uh, it then went on to tell me that they have uploaded on YouTube a cover from their Cavern Club days. This is the Cavern Club in Liverpool and obviously not Mains Park. The song in question is You Really Got Me by The Kinks, who played the Cavern back in 1964, only months before they had their big breakthrough with this song. I clicked the link to the aforementioned video and I really enjoyed what I heard and saw. From what I can gather, the Mona Lisa Twins are primarily a covers band tackling songs from the 1960s, coming from Austria and now based in Liverpool. Off the back of the video, I purchased the album from Whence It Came, live at the Cavern Club Double CD. Clicking over to the band's website, it does look like they are just about to release an album of original material, which I look forward to hearing. In the meantime, this is You Really Got Me, and they certainly did. harmonies i think you'll agree another email i received was from those fine people at retrobreak media letting me know that the schizophonics had announced a u.s tour and are just finishing mixing their new album called hoof it that will be available via pig baby Records sometime next year which if you think about it is now only six months away so not that long which was well and good but their email went on to say and i quote last summer during the pandemic, they quietly released a raucous, fun-limited 7-inch single covering two tracks from their favourite bands, Roxy Music and the MC5. Well, thanks a bunch for not telling us.
human and at the end of the day if praise is heaped upon me my ego is boosted this is what happened when mike d thrill sergeant messaged me about last week's show saying you are one funny bastard mate with great musical taste great show obviously the man knows what he's talking about the fact that he is the lead vocalist and bassist in the idolizers who i played on last week's show has absolutely nothing to do with it or the fact that he sent me a link to download the band's up-and-coming new album, Concretin. They'll be hitting the real and virtual record shops on the 25th. Equally, has nothing to do with it. All right, the copy I purchased hasn't got the four bonus digital releases that you'd get from Rumbar Records' Bandcamp site if you were to pre-order it from them. But I'm not complaining. I'll say that again. I'm not complaining. Just as an aside... Armitage at theparanoidschool.com is the email address you need, Mike, if you wish to send me music. Not complaining. The first track on Concretin is action that sounds remarkably like this.
still not complaining. Anyway, I'm not. On Respect the Rock Action Facebook page on Tuesday, Robert Major, I know, I pronounced his name wrong. Sorry, Robert. Posed the question, does anyone on said site review albums? As his debut solo album, Midnight Hunter, is due out on the 5th of July. Of course, I chimed in with, what about this here radio show? To wit, Robert sent me a link to the album, which he is putting out under the guise of Nighthawk. The album isn't strictly action rock with overtones of classic rock, but that doesn't diminish or take anything away from Midnight Hunter. Robert, who uh, normally can be found in Metalite and Captain Blackbeard, has assembled a long list of helpers and collaborators that uh, I'm not going to list. Yes, I might be able to pronounce most, if not all of them. There are a few covers, notably uh, Fireball by 220 Volt, and It's a Mad, Mad World by Weapon, as well as an old Bjorn Skiffis song called I Used to Love This City. And uh, there's even a never-before-released Fraley's Comet song, I Will Survive, that pretty much tells you uh, of the musical direction. All those lead to potential future Covers Corner. Well done, Newton. However, Chips Kesby features on track five, Breaking the Chains, that I'm going to air for your consideration right now. Wrapping things up this week are Velvet Starlings. Did you know that wrapping things up in this context is a throwback to the halcyon days of cinema, as in a rap party with rap standing for wind, reel and print that was said at the end of the shoot? You see, you don't get this level of information on other radio shows. Anyway, Velvet Starlings are a 60s-infused garage rock and roll band hailing from Los Angeles and the beach cities of Southern California. The band was founded by young lead singer, guitarist and organ player Christian Gisborne, who is known for his dynamic live stage performance, concert attendance record and impressive Lego collection. And on that note, this is Velvet Starlings and Back of the Train. Until next week, take it easy.
This episode of the Paranoid Squirrel Rock Show was produced by Newton Stacey, engineered by Fenny Bridges and was hosted by Armitage Schmidt and was a Watts' Lodge production.